Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi. And joining me to take your questions this evening are Zuelaki Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Zuelaki, David, good to see you both there this evening. Uh, Zuelaki, it's been a, a rough couple of days on the JSE, but there were still shares that did uh, fairly well, but a lot of results to get through. But do you think the mood... Uh, has has changed definitively following Jerome Powell's comments yesterday? Yeah, I, I think Gilada, the, the, the environment, uh, I mean, the market has been uh, moving up and down, uh, trying to calibrate uh, the expectations of what's coming in terms of the interest rate. And I think you can see that the market wants to go higher uh, if they can get certainty that uh, uh, interest rates would basically be uh, flat line uh, going forward. But I think uh, Paul's statements yesterday made it clear that they're going to fight inflation uh, persistently. And that means that uh, the market would likely uh, go sideways until there is a bit of certainty. So we are seeing, I mean, even our own uh, Zah, the Rand, has, has, has weakened quite a bit, uh, partly because of our own uh, situation, GDP numbers not looking good. Yeah. some of the uh, challenges on Transnet and uh, ESCOM. But certainly, I think our market is highly dependent on what's going to happen to the uh, commodity stocks, plus uh, what would happen to uh, the foreign-owned large stocks. I think that those would be the two things that would probably be major drivers for our market. But globally, I think the interest rate uh, is going to be a major factor. Yeah. David, I, I mean, look at the rand, eighteen fifty-eight now. Actually, so it's weakening. Oh, oh. Um, I could just hear your spirits thudding to the floor yesterday <laughs> when the inflation hawks got out, came up uh, guns blazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I just, I just shake my head. But on that, you know, I thought that uh, the markets would really come down quite heavily. Because, you know, Powell, he flip-flops. You never know what you're going to get from Powell. <laughs> One day he's quiet and he's talking to David Rubenstein and he's very subdued and, you know, things are under The next day he comes out blazing like he did. Uh, <laughs> and, and I haven't listened today. But against that, I thought that markets would respond. But, you know, if we look at U.S. markets now, they're flat. In mm. fact, they're holding... Uh, pretty strongly in that. I don't, you know, he can say one thing, you've got to watch one comment in the market uh, moves, as we've seen with the RAND now, because the RAND was down at 1850. So I don't know what he's been saying that might have moved the dollar. But to be fair, Juliet, I think the markets are holding pretty well. You know, I, I'm surprised that uh, we haven't seen more weakness against the you know the the temper of what he said yeah well i mean ghost is where like his points uh the market sort mm. of wants to go up so it's mm. kind of it feels um you know there's a, a certain um, the animal spirits are still there okay well um given that we can't really appear into the future and know jerome powell's mind let's just talk about the questions that have come through this evening on shares that um a lot of who, which have been coming out with results lately uh i don't know if either of you looked at quilter um, I'll start with the most boring ones first, shall we? Because Quilter, I sort of feel, fits into that uh, bag. Um, but the, the viewer said, what's the panel's view on it? A reasonable results today. So are they looking cheap? So we're lucky. Did you have a look at them? Do you think they're cheap or just dull? I, I didn't, but I, I mean, my, my sense with Quilter is that they've managed to get the benefit of flows after they changed their systems two, three years ago. 
I think we, we are at a point where they probably need the market or the capital market to actually pick up uh, for them to actually see a significantly improved performance going forward. But certainly the numbers that have been coming through, uh, I think the, the first half was actually quite decent. And I haven't looked at the most recent numbers. Mm. I mean, the assets under management were down a little bit. They declared a dividend of 3.3 pence. But you can see the, the share price performance is just horrible over a one-year period. Uh, David, yeah. I, I imagine that Kulta doesn't float your boat much, but, you know, no. if you were interested no, I, in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they're very disappointing. Um, <laughs> I don't think, you know, compared with other asset managers, I think they've just <laughs> lagged behind. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's it came out of the old mutual camp. I don't know. Could have left them. They should have left them in London and just. Uh, <laughs> but we all listed. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got no strong feelings for them at all. I think it's a tough industry, but I, you know, it's it's not one. What did you say? Float your boat? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, at the best of times, the insurance companies don't float my yeah, boat. Yeah. No. You look. Know, I, so. I, yeah. You had quarter <laughs> and momentum to have to wade through today. I don't know if um, that's always sort of a. Um, well, if you look at momentum, it's just the life company turned around because uh, they managed to get their life tables correct. You know, the last few years they've been looking at the wrong <laughs> life tables. But I mean, apart from that. Mm. You know, <laughs> okay, well, I'll it's come, favorite. Yeah, it's a big favorite of Wayne's, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, Wayne is not here to defend his stock picks this <laughs> evening, so maybe we shall uh, move on from that. And there's a question to you for uh, about Novus, but I'll get to, th- to that <laughs> a little bit later. Um, but there's quite. I mean, so we're lucky. You were talking about our uh, self-induced problems being Transnet, Escom, um, uh, I suppose a woeful cabinet, and um, what else do we have ourselves to blame for? Well, that's that's largely it, really. Um, about <laughs> talking about the rand, um, but this viewer says the impact of load shedding on recent companies' results is staggering. However, what did we expect? Burning away profits with diesel generators, and that's a good point. I mean, but I suppose it's only now really that we've had it clarified to the extent uh, that we have. The question relates to diesel supplies, and if we can keep up with a growing demand to keep the lights on, could this perhaps benefit Sassel, or is this such a small component of their business? that this would hardly impact on them positively. I never really thought about diesel supplies and Sassel being a beneficiary of that. Would you have any insights into that? Yeah, look, uh, I think I mean, Sassel is a mainland uh, refiner and they tend to benefit from uh, distribution of uh, fuels in the mainland. And then there are coastal players that uh, uh, used to refine on the coast, but they now actually importing some of that uh, uh, fuel. So so I don't know if one could say they would benefit uh, holistically from, from the, the, the situation, but there would probably be some benefit uh, in that uh, the, from a pricing point of view, I think that the oil price is holding up relatively well, the rent is weakening, they will get that benefit. But from a volume point of view, they'll probably uh, get a little bit of a benefit but i cannot bank on that if if, if i was an investor sure. that even sassel has become a chemicals company more than an, a, a a a a a fuel company and um, as maybe as we'd like it just staying with you before i go to you david um the sassel share price performance has been uh rough the last uh, few months um you know, and there would be a lot of expectation that if oil prices hold up and you've got a rand weakening, that it should have actually gone the other way. What what, what do you think the issue is there that that's got the market really um, um, quite reticent? Uh, 
the, I think the two areas where I saw a lot of pressure, I mean, in the chemicals business, the, the feedstock price has gone up quite a lot. And secondly, because of the all the plants that were uh, built mm. prior to probably 2020, that I think many of them came on steam in 2020, 2021. Those plants have uh, brought a lot of uh, chemicals on stream, and it has meant that the price of the multiple uh, uh, commodity chemicals has come under pressure uh, and that has seen their their business coming under pressure in that particular area uh, and as i said it's become a big component of their business and uh, they are uh, the, the fuel business i mean had a very good year last year but i think this year was the the pricing moderated and that that, that kind of uh, had a, a had a little bit of a pullback but broadly speaking i think you probably don't have a major catalyst on the horizon that can give Sasol a, a amazing performance going forward. I think yeah. we're probably going to uh, hover around these levels until there is clarity around where they're going. I mean, David, you were saying that, you know, there's always something not working or, or, or there's a setback somewhere within the operations. And that was what yeah. turned you off there. Yeah. Or, or there's structural issues that they... You know, that has taken them down, always production issues, the quality of the coal and and so on. And I think they've got to address those issues. So whenever you look at a business, everything was in their favor, admittedly, as uh, Sir Lucky said, you know, chemical prices are coming down. That's just uh, uh, in line with other commodities and, you know, uh, costs are going up, feedstocks going up. Yes, so it is shrinking their margins. But on top of that, they had local issues. You know, they had a lot of local issues uh, which took them down, which you want to see them get on top of. Yeah. So, I, yeah, you know, just uh, wait for the next set of results, see if progress has been made on the in, in, in that area. Okay. But and I then, think from a diesel point of view, you know, South Africa is probably buying it cheap from Russia or something like that, you know. So poor old Cecil's been sidelined, you know. We're getting some ships coming in in the dark at night and, and dumping the diesel here. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of very fat middlemen in the political chain, no doubt. Um, what about Sabanya? The, the question is actually for Wayne, but of course Wayne's not here this evening. Um, uh, and the viewer says, Wayne's positive yeah. longer-term ter- longer view on platinum stocks even got Mr. Froneman going, uh, buying close to 10 million rand share, uh, 10 million rands worth of shares, excuse mm. me, in Sabanya Stillwater. Follow the smart money or just follow Wayne? Well, I mean, if Neil Froneman is prepared to spend almost 10 million bucks on his own stock, does that fill you both with confidence, David? Well, <laughs> he's spending 10 million rand out of the 300 million rand that he made. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I was so lucky. Uh, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't follow that as, a, as an example. Look, I think what his strategy is uh, in, in terms of moving the business more into metals, uh, metals of the future, I think that strategy is fantastic. I think he is in some cases very early in the early stage of those green metals where they are not yet at production level and he has to spend a lot of capital to get those things to to fruition that's the first thing i think the second thing is the sa gold operations i mean the numbers that came out were, were, were quite disappointing i don't think uh, i think they they they're facing some real challenges there he said a lot of benefits where he's been able to cut costs and there was a tailwind of the rand uh, gold price that was supporting him i think now that we are starting to see a bit of uh, inflation low low production i think we are seeing that uh, they are facing some challenges there so i wouldn't be so excited about it at this at this stage maybe uh, as as time goes on it might be a bit more exciting but it's pulled back from around 50 it's about 36 if i'm not mistaken mm.
Um, David, would you also not necessarily rush into Sabanya, even though, yep. uh, you know, Neil has got the dosh to do so? I, you know, commodities, I don't know what up, 30, 40% down in the last couple of months, you know, or certainly over a year. So we reached peaks a year ago and I, be, I monitor the platinum, I monitor the palladium price every day and they're heading one way, particularly palladium. So the basket is not giving Neil what he would want and particularly palladium, which is uh, still water. So just be, you know, I, I would be careful. It's, you know, Anglo Platts has fallen below the hundred, what's at the thousand level. Just, uh, we haven't seen support yet. When you start to see support for, you know, for the first time today, Anglo Platts picked up a little bit, but generally it's, it's looking very weak. So not yet, you know, Impala, all of these companies are still under a bit of pressure. Yeah. And you've got the rand at these kind of levels. If, if that's not cushioning it, I don't know what is going to cushion it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, David, sticking with you, uh, this question on Novus, it was your stock mm. picker a while ago, uh, the viewer says, mm. and it's risen quite satisfactorily. When would you suggest selling? Well, I think there's a bid for the company. I think they, you know, there is uh, someone looking for the business. I think it's up 90%. So I don't know what upside's left there. I don't know how long this deal's going to take place. But, you know, once I saw that happening, I started to lose interest. I said, yeah, well, I got that one right. But um, I haven't <laughs> followed what, um, you know, it, look, the reason was that they had excellent equipment. Novus came out of, uh, I think, out of NicePass. It was the printing side of it. Uh, it was a tiny business, but I mean, I once monitored and, and, and tried to value all the machinery and it was, they had all this modern equipment, which was trading, I don't know, way, way below what they could have sold it on the street corner. And that's why I once recommended it. Yeah. But I think that's been realized now. So okay. anyway, that's all I've got to say. I haven't looked at it for <laughs> okay. some time, but, but it, 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 there is a bit out for the business, I think. So as we're lucky, would that mean, I mean, if you manage to, you know, get in at, uh, at its, the ridiculously low levels, that's, you know, cash in your chips now and say thank you very much? Look, uh, I mean, the, 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 the truth is it's still trading below net asset value, but you also have to realize that uh, you are, mm. if you buy at this level, you are hoping that the bid comes through and they basically get taken out and the price is decent alternatively you have to hope that they can fill up that capacity as david says they've got like a fantastic uh, uh, printing presses and all those things mm. but you need to fill up that capacity to be able to get the full value out of it so yeah. so if you don't get the capacity utilization right you're going to have problems in terms of realizing the full value or at least the, the full nav yeah and i suppose uh, julie yeah. what's interesting on these businesses if you go back to Distel, I think the original bid was made almost two years ago. I don't know, 18 months ago. And everybody's waiting for their money. You know, if you would have <laughs> taken it right away, you could have put that to work and earned interest on it. Mm. And in the meantime, you're waiting to hear what's going to happen. Mm. You know, so sometimes, uh, you know, once these bids are made and you get this rush in the money, you, we always try to squeeze out that little bit extra, you know, in case uh, an alternative bid comes out. But uh, yeah. Take the money. And I think what Zwilaki says is absolutely 100% right. You know, this was an asset play. You need capacity. You need deals to go through to actually utilize the uh, machinery. Otherwise, it's just a piece of junk. You know, it's just well, a piece of metal. Yeah, I mean, who's going to mm -hmm. buy the assets, even if they're valued mm -hmm. at no. X? It's only if, you know, you've got a buyer for, for them.
Um, mm. Okay. All right. Um, moving on, the, the second part of this viewer's question was on the banks. And he says, how much upside could one expect if they invested in South African banks now for the medium term? Uh, David, mm. um, you know, you've had results out from Nedbank, which were fantastic dividends. But Mike Brown saying, uh, you know, you can see a lot more business paralysis given just the extent mm. of the crises that envelop yeah. us. Um, they, they mean, mean, our banks are mean. They don't want to lend money. And therefore, they're <laughs> holding on to the cash and doing incredibly well, you know. Uh, and I've been laughing because they're going to buy back about 5 billion rands worth of shares. I'm saying, hold on, here's a country that is starved for, for cash. You know, we need to lend money so that businesses can prosper. And we say, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to keep it for ourselves. We're going to buy back in our own business. So I think, you know, banks um, uh, very well run. Superbly, very conservative, but I think um, how can they grow, you know, where there's so many worries about uh, where GDP is going. So they, they might not have bad debts, but I don't think there's capacity for them to grow mm. um, if, you know, if that's their attitude. And, and yeah, they're holding on to their cash. Oh, well, holding on to their cash or paying it out to you effectively as a shareholder. So, so we're lucky if, if that's if that's what they're doing, rather than lending it to businesses and growing the the you know the loans book. Does that mean that it's actually still a, a relatively decent investment over the medium term, because you're going to get kind of a, a fair dividend yield as a result? And that's this, this is actually quite a difficult question, and, and for two reasons. I think one, if you hold on to your cash and and maybe buy back shares or pay, pay pay dividends, you might lose market share to a capitec because they kind of uh, see opportunities in environments like this when the banks are scared of lending. They've just bought McIntyre Bank, uh, or at least two, three years ago, they bought yeah. McIntyre Bank. This might be an opportunity for them to accelerate lending into the market. And the banks, when they try and come back, they might find that they've lost some some customers. So that is one side of the, of, of the equation. But I have to agree with David that if you look at the environment, the South African environment, it is not conducive to, to lending. I mean, the, the environment is, is quite challenging and you're taking a lot of uh, bad debt risk if you, 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 you lend it. So we are seeing also in the US, for example, the banks have been pulling back on their lending. So I think generally as the interest rate, the early phase of interest rate, uh, the banks would probably try and pull back to see how it affects the economy and probably land as things stabilize. Mm, okay, so what does it make them as investment propositions? You've both skirted around the question. Are you saying that yeah. it's, it's not obvious? I'd still, still hold some. I'd yeah. still hold some bands, uh, but but I wouldn't hold them with the view that they will shoot their lights out going okay. forward. I think they are cheap. Uh, I think uh, what you're going to need is a bit of a growth as a catalyst. I mean, if we sort out the electricity situation, you might find that uh, firstly they'll participate in the lending to those uh, electricity situations, but also, you might find that the economy starts uh, performing a little better and we might see them uh, uh, lending again. I think uh, I wouldn't go underweight, uh, completely underweight banks, but I'll certainly be cautious about making a big bet on them. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, there's a question on Zeda, and you're talking about net asset value, uh, Zeda being Z-E-D-A, the fleet business uh, unbundled from Barla World. Um, and he says, uh, the viewer says, will you please raise my uh, question to the panel? It's been leaving me scratching my head. Why is it that Zeda is trading at such a large discount to its NAV? Maybe also the panel's thoughts on, on, on this, uh, or holding this at the moment. David? Um, You've got to be careful of NAV. You know, NAV is a number which just appears in the balance sheet on that. But I mean, you, we discussed it earlier with Novus. 
you know, the, the NAV of those uh, big machines might be uh, worth a fortune, but if you're not putting throughput, then it's not worth anything. It's just worth the metal. So I, you know, I watched uh, Zidane. Just remember, and I think I said this last week, Barlow's trying to sell it. Nobody wanted to buy it. They said, oh, well. <laughs> and the second thing is, let's just give it to shareholders, get it off our books. So I, I, there, there are things that are worrying shareholders uh, around it. I can't get into it. I don't know the business well enough because we haven't been listed long. It used to be listed under Avis, but haven't had a good list, um, you know, a good look at it uh, in its present form. Yeah. But um, it just seems to, I, whether, whether there's an excess, you know, people who held Barlow saying, okay, listen, I don't really want this. It's too small for me. Let me get rid of it. And there's no buyers around there. So it just might be that there's an excess supply of the shares on the market without any fresh buyers coming in. Okay. Last couple of minutes. I'm, I'm just, we're like, I'm just going to ask you about Fortress. There's a viewer who I think holds Fortress stock. I'm not sure if it's FFA or FFB. He says, we had pleasing results from Fortress. The panel's view on a two-year view. Of course, you're not going to get any dividends now because they're in this kind of, you know, no man's land. Um, would there be any reason for you to hold either the A or the B shares? Well, I haven't looked at the, the Fortress numbers yet, but I, I think uh, if I just look at where they are positioned in the whole uh, 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 value chain or, or of the uh, leasing uh, uh, market, I think they certainly are in the industrial space and they, 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 they are looking relatively good in that space. But do I think that I mean, the outlook would be uh, good going forward? I think the if the economy holds up well, uh, uh, particularly in Europe, we might see them doing uh, relatively well. But if if they don't, if we don't see, we see some challenges in the economy, I think we, we might struggle with that one. Mm. Okay. And you're not going to get any dividends out of them. So, yeah, it's a tricky <laughs> one. Okay. Um, sorry, there's this, a question on, on the retailers that I haven't been able to get to, and I've got to get it to stock picks now. Um, but, uh, David, just before I, uh, um, I get to yours, uh, the viewer says, I have to ask, did the cabinet reshuffle inspire you, David? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all knew we that just answer already. Really. You know, we're making the right noises. Our new minister of electricity making the right noises, but uh, he's got to go find what's at ten thousand kilowatts somewhere. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. you know, in the meantime, I don't know. I, I, I just, as I've always said, I just want the cabinet to put on those overalls, get their toolbox, and fix things. Then I'll be inspired. Yes. Yes, instead he's been <laughs> posing with his various Louis yeah, Vuitton handbags yeah. and his watches. Anyway, um, your stock picks. <laughs> David, very quickly, what's yours this evening? <clears throat> Me? I'm yeah. going for Salesforce. And uh, I, I, it's just a company which I think is such a good operation. They, they've been so, such a good performer. You know, they, they, they actually do software for the cloud. Um, I haven't got time to explain too much, but I think they went a little awry. And uh, like most IT companies, just started to spend money recklessly in that. And the activists have come in and said, okay, that's the end of that. And uh, they started to cut costs. And I think that they will start to recover and get back to where they should be. So I see it as a turnaround situation. It is a Dow component. It's a good company with a good product. Yeah. So we're lucky. How about you? Yeah, I'll stick to Microsoft. Uh, I think uh, very defensive business. I mean, I think they, they are cloud business uh, has slowed down, but I, I certainly think that they have a very robust uh, uh, business in the office 
uh, whether consumer or commercial product. So I, I think that uh, I would stick with that. I think it's a, it's a very good business, very defensive in this kind of environment. Okay. James, well, we shall leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Nice to chat to you both. As well, Akim Guni is from Benguela Global Fund Managers. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. And Zanati is back with Stockwatch tomorrow night. Have a good evening. Thank <laughs> you.